Stop that. Stop what? Don't, I'm don't just do that. I'm doing a little exercising. Just doing hanging out. Your, doing your sexercising. Doing a little exercising. I'm doing some <laughs> stretches. Some some getting getting down deep, deep, deep down deep dirty. Doing some stretches. Doing uh, some stretches. Welcome to the Never Ending Adventure podcast. I can't believe my dog's not barking from that intro. This is <laughs> an adventure time podcast. We talk about adventure time episode by episode. Today, me, Russell Tyndall, one of your co-hosts, and my other co-host, DJ Nettie P, are talking about The New Frontier. The New Frontier. I honestly really enjoyed this episode, season three, episode 18. I know. And what Russell was referencing is our brand new character we are learning about, which is Banana Man. Banana Man. Does he make other, like... uh? Appearances? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Impressions? Oh, no, we, we got a good... I mean, <laughs> still, I think I've referenced it on the podcast before, but one of the one of the best vibe episodes is when... It's called To Build a Truck, and it's when BMO, Finn, and Jake all help Banana Man fix up a truck. And that's oh. like the whole... It's it's just so great. It's so, I, I love those like Oh, simple, he comes back like full force. Yeah. Oh, we, we got a Banana Man and, like episode... Uh, we've got more references to this croak dream in this episode later on uh, okay. with the comet episode. Um, so I'm not going to spoil anything, but yes, we have not seen the last of Mr. Banana Man. Oh man! Well, we've met like banana guards and other banana creatures in the train episode where we were trying to prank Finn mm-hmm. into thinking that he was on a murder train. There was a banana suit man type thing. Well, um, this, uh, this is the Banana Man. Is, does he have a name? In my, he is he is just Banana Man. Um, okay, he's like I half do, a banana. Well, here's the big thing: if you look at the Banana Guards, right, they are the banana, but like they have the chocolate over their heads, so they don't have like the stem. And the theory about Banana Man is when Princess Bubblegum creates the Banana Guards, she cuts off the their the tops, turns them upside down, sticks like popsicle sticks for their legs or whatever. Um, and that banana man is like a leftover uh, top of the banana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Or, or he is some like other that. just like Adventure Time creature that's using the cutoff uh, peel of the banana guards as like a okay. helmet. But in my well, theory, I think he is a great. sentient butt, a.k.a. reference to Shelby's butt brother, Kent, which you'll learn about Kent in a special episode as well. But this is yeah. not the first reference to a butt brother in Adventure Time. Well, as as being new to Adventure Time, that went right over my head. Yeah, um, but that that one's for all the fans out there. Good. Well, we gotta keep them happy, keep them interested. That's a what is that face, Ned? This is not a visual <laughs> podcast. Yeah, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to throw you off. <laughs> you are throwing me off. Well, let's let's catch up a little bit. It's been a week or so since we talked, and certainly we're in different states now. Uh, how's your exercise going? You told it's us good. that you were doing the 75 hard as yes. your rec, I believe. Yes, it was my rec, gosh, two weeks ago and three weeks ago at this point. Wow. Uh, I am currently uh, halfway through. Once this airs, I will be um, significantly more than halfway through. But uh, I am halfway through this 75 hard. It is 75 days with no booze, stick to a diet, work out twice a day. AKA I've been doing a lot of double walk days, just going on long 45 minute walks, but I'm feeling less jiggly, feeling more clear headed, a little bit more chemically balanced with no alcohol in my body. How many bottles uh, of wine have you bought in the process? I have bought and stocked up at least, at least 15. So consistency is key, right? So you want, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we are, um, I have been, but it, it has given me the I opportunity. I do have to read nonfiction book like once a day. So like 10 pages of a nonfiction book is Gosh. part of your oh. tasks. But I have, uh, we'll start out with Rex of the Week. Wow. There's a book called The New Wine Rules uh, by John Bonnet. 
And for anybody that just casually likes wine, it is a very easy book. It does not go crazy into the deep wine stuff. Uh, but it, it pretty much teaches you how to enjoy wine as a normal person. Um, it teaches you very high, like what that how to how to open a champagne bottle. Yeah, uh, welcome to our wine cast. Yeah, welcome to our wine cast. But that's my recommendation. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Boom. Talked about it in my life. What about you, man? How's the new house? I like it. Uh, the new house is great. I love that your rack is still like kind of food adjacent, but you haven't done that in a bit. So I think it's I totally you gotta fair. You got to give me credit. I like cred. it. I like it. Uh, the new house is great. Like when I moved in, I had my parents and my sisters up this past weekend, so it's been. Kind of like the first weekend we had being in this house was with people. So we um, really had to get it prepared as much as we could to have guests come over. They didn't stay here. But, you know, when you have your your dad and your stepmom and everyone coming through, like you want it to be um, as spick and span as it can, you know. And so yeah. I feel like we did a decent job with that. Um, sure but we did. had a really yeah. good weekend. It was good. I'm glad, glad we did that. And Spent some time preparing for this episode and the last one that we just recorded. Um, man, I'm I'm getting a little tired, but we're gonna push through. It's gonna be a we're good episode. Push through. It's a good episode. You said you enjoyed this more than last week's episode. Thank you. I did. I did, which is so weird, right? And I was trying so hard not to make the reference back to the Codename Kids Next Door episode where the flies buzzing around and the, you have the orchestral music going the entire time. Mm-hmm. And there's really not much of anything being said the entire episode. Because there is some similarities, but we already talked about the fly episode and a previous Adventure Time episode that there isn't a lot of speaking. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed last week. Nothing against it. And as you mentioned, like it deserves like some sort of an award. Like it really yeah. is a great episode. I think I like this one just because it felt like a fun, good, kind of classic adventure time thing you know and the story was interesting enough that i was in it the entire time it kept me the entire 11 or 12 minutes and it didn't feel like there were any fillers you know as the susan strong episode we keep referencing that and like shitting on that and i'm sorry it's a great episode yeah but the middle section where they're floating on the boat it feels like a little bit of a filler and yeah, in this episode, I, you know, you have that. I beg to differ because I, I caught in this episode the whole, like, let's shoot a flaming arrow to distract him. Oh, let's shoot it again to distract him. I, there's like, there's a little filler, in my opinion, that like... But they don't shoot it, right? They just, that leads them to find the rocket ship. Yeah, but they shoot it twice. It should have... Did they shoot it twice? Shot okay. it. Yeah, he shoots it, it comes back out, they shoot it again, then it hits the rocket. So it was, there was gotcha. that. It's, I mean, it's all of a minute and a half, so I'm, you know... I'm like literally splitting hairs here. So, yeah, a little bit. Well, it is interesting. We find out that rocket ships haven't been reinvented yet, whatever yeah. that means, right? I, I thought that was a, a very cool little, we've built this post apocalyptic world. We've made it very obvious. It's no secret or like underlying Easter egg anymore in the show. And that Jake, I mean, so I think it's cool that they've obviously read. Or found some sort of old lore um, in Ooh about rocket ships that they know what yeah. they are, you know? Well, certainly, and, and that there's a outer space that you can get to, even though Finn really comes off as a flat earther or, or a little bit of a flat universer <laughs> for a bit there yeah. when he's talking about the banana man being able to talk or walk straight into the sun. <laughs> um and Jake's like, dude, it's on the horizon, man. What are you? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I gotta say, man, that guy did. Is that what I wrote down? No, I I have a different tops of the episode, but that old scene where it's like, dude, dude, you gotta you gotta eat your breakfast. You need your proteins. And Finn's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I do. And just like that <laughs> yeah. was such this little like little snippet of like I, I love maybe that just goes to show I love advice. ridiculous uh, Finn moments like when yeah. Finn is is just off his rocker you know yeah I was kind of saying like the rolling hills and the giant sun in the background was giving her like Teletubby vibes as we were watching <laughs> it and I I totally agree that that moment the setting that they were in does have a little bit of Teletubby vibes. But this episode gets so deep, in my opinion, or at least starts Mm -hmm. to bring back up because it is about death and the idea of a, quote, dream. We're talking about some serious stuff and religion pops up again and the different views that Jake has and Finn have and how they view death. And so much of this is Finn being fearless and not like, you know, taking on the lich, like going and talking to, to death, right? And yet 
He's the death baby. Is so afraid of death and the death of his friend in this episode and of fate. And there's, yeah, I I really thought this was an interesting episode on a deeper level. I mean, we haven't seen the cosmic owl in so long since episode two, three. Yeah. Two. Two. Gosh. We finally got the cosmic owl and a a crote dream. Ned, tell me about the canon of crote dreams. Is that something that comes back up? There's there's a lot of different like little dream moments in Jake's croak dream. Like this one specifically, like I mentioned before, does come up later in the show as a reference. However, when Jake kind of starts spouting off um, the religious aspect of all of my particles will be dissolved and in live in a part of you and live in your socks um, while glob tallies my deeds. Um, Jake really. Or work-based faith, you know. Yeah, work-based faith. Nice. Um, now, the interesting part of that, though, is I, I, as the fan of the show, kind of see it as an inconsistency and kind of see it as a theoretically speaking. Um, so I don't want to do. I don't want to go too long on this, but we've already seen death. We've already been down to like that dead world right and we've heard jake and finn reference like what we've seen them reference like the 50th dead world right um we at least we've talked about it so adventure time moving forward when talking about like mortality in the dead worlds and especially in the hbo special they get down to like that is what they end up talking about and referencing in terms of death so i think it's it's just odd that jake gets into this whole, like, I'm going to become one with the universe. And yeah, he's going to go to the glob world. With, That's the and other go to thing. glob world. Yeah. yeah. Unless, then this leads to my, theoretically speaking, in the sense that there could be this thing where you dissolve into particles and live in glob world, which would be like, AKA purgatory. Yeah. While glob tallies your deeds and then that determines which of the 50 dead worlds you go into. So that's kind of like my, maybe how this theory that Jake's kind of spouting out plays into the whole adventure time, like dead world theory. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. He says, uh, you're not going to stop me from transcending into glob world. I, I just, the death system is so confusing to me. Yeah, but it, it, it does lead to a point and kind of like one of my deeper thoughts of this episode is you can take a really agnostic view of this and say like, because Adventure Time, they always reference like dead worlds and then they go to the land of the dead and then they talk about glob world that sounds like it's either inconsistent or they just don't know and they're just guessing. And, you know, if anybody wants to take a really agnostic approach in the real world and say, oh yeah, we just don't know what's going to happen. You can transcend into a million different particles and enter purgatory or you, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but that's what this one kind of just made me think about was like Jake has this theory that we've never heard of and is really never talked about again. And oh, we, totally. we see Glob again. We do meet Glob like later on. So don't worry it's about good. that. But it doesn't go yeah, into like glob. glob tallying deeds in a glob world or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I'm personally not ready to go to the glob world. Like I don't want to transcend Ned, you know, <laughs> like I don't think either one of us are ready for that, but I would love mm-hmm. to meet Glob. You know, yeah, Glob, Glob, they make a cool character out of Glob. In we my love to meet her. Um, anyways, uh, Ned, well, <laughs> so we don't get that. <laughs> just, I just got that reference. reference. <laughs> I really like to meet her. <laughs> um, but so if there isn't more of this Glob world nonsense or whatever, what about the quote dreams? What about dreams in Adventure Time? Do we get more dreams? Are there more instances of dreams mattering? I know we had the example of. Ice King getting knocked out in episode three, uh, one Mm -hmm. season, episode three, um, Prisoners of Love, when he gets knocked out by Finn and like bumps his head into the uh, gate and then meets the cosmic owl for a moment. Yeah. And then then that episode ends with, I'm still not happy, (laughs) which I love. (laughs) I love the end of that episode anyway. So, yeah, it's a good point. Um, we don't really go into croak dreams again. I don't think there's another character that has a, a croak dream. If Again, correct ah. me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's... However, there are a lot of different 
dream moments um, that are important, that dreams will play a bigger role in the show. And I'll spoiler drop this one for you. Foreshadowing like the future? Is that what you're kind of talking about? It's, it's kind of like, yeah, that, that dreams are a little bit more than just a dream. It's it's a little bit like look into the future, especially when it gets like multiversal. Um, I'm, I'm going to, mm, I don't want to spoil something for you, but it's so good because we're on this topic. That Just say it. It's fine. Don't listen for the next, skip 30 seconds ahead. Yeah, skip 30 seconds ahead if you don't want to hear this. But there is a character called Prismo coming up and down the road. Prismo is some a a being that essentially introduces Adventure Time in the show, uh, I think in season five, maybe late four, into this like multiversal theory. And that Prismo, we learn, is the dream of an old man. Oh. In, in how he exists. And so th- that's another kind of powerful thing is that really as we get into multiversal, Prismo is this anti-universe character. He doesn't really live. He lives outside of like time and space, but he is in his existence. He's like, I'm the dream of an old man. Weird. Um, and he comes and they in have a whole episode. The somehow. Okay. They have a whole episode about that, which I'm not going to spoil anymore for you, but that's... That's the only, I would say, like truly like mind-boggling thing about dreams for the rest of the show. Oh, man. I was hoping there'd be a little bit more. I really wanted yeah. more quote dreams to be in the show for whatever reason. It just felt they, like an interesting concept that I wanted them to explore further. Yeah, they, they, they reference the cosmic owl with dreams more um, in the sense that if the cosmic owl shows up in your dream, it's bound to happen. It's, it is a okay. foreshadowing of something going to happen. So it's more along the lines they, they take, they don't take, if the cosmic owl shows up, you're going to die. It's like if the cosmic owl shows up and then there's a whole episode where the cosmic owl is hunting around people's, he gets a, he finds this uh, other owl person in someone's dream and he starts hunting through people's dreams to find the other owl. Oh, wow. um, but if he shows up in their dream, their dream inherently will happen in their life. Which so is what happens like, in this episode, right? I mean, uh, he shows yeah. up in a dream about this thing and we just misinterpreted what was happening at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't outer space. It was the bottom of a tavern or a, a cavern. He was like sinking deep into water and there was a spaceship and there were toy planets and there were shards of glass that looked like stars in the sky. So, yeah, I mean, it did happen. Well, sort of. I mean, I could beg to differ slightly in the sense that the way that Jake points it out at the end of the episode, he said, the only difference with my dream in reality was the fact that you were there and that Finn was there. So is it stating that was Jake misinterpreted the dream and it, because the cosmic owl there was just going to happen, he was going to see this entity or see it. Instead of Jake choking, it was Finn choking. It was Finn choking. So, is the presence of Finn or does the power of friendship, however you want to phrase it, transcend like cosmic uh, destiny or something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Well, I just love that Finn's just like, I'm never going to leave or you're never going to leave my side. I'm never going to leave your side. (laughs) Yeah, he says it creepy and just so grungy. It's so funny at the end there. And chases him around. That it's so interesting to watch Jake accept his fate. And I'm sure we'll get deeper into well, that yeah, after we yeah, take a I've, break. I've got some. That's like my deep, my my deepest of the deeps in this episode. But yeah. man, well, before we go to break, um, I got a hefty Nettie's factoids to go through. So figured we Lay wouldn't it on bog me. you down. Lay it on Russell, real oh, nice. Oh, 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 oh. Um, the first one is that it is interesting that Jake um, is uh, very cool about um, his own mortality because in the Wildberry Princess, Jake versus Meemaw episode, he seems to be very, very scared of dying. So it's kind of funny that he's so accepting of his death now when he was really scared of it before. Yeah. Uh, also, another reference to an episode we haven't gotten to called Dad's Dungeon. Um, you know, in this episode, Finn claims that he only cries when people die. Um, and when Jake was about to die, he starts crying um, in the Dad's Dungeon episode when Jake's about to die. So it does support the fact that Finn, he only cries when people die. 
So that's kind of a, a now a new running Adventure Time canon thing. Um, the instrument, uh, the instrumental track from Loyalty to the King is heard when Jake explains what happens when he dies. Um, obviously, this title of this episode called The New Frontier is a reference to the legislative program introduced by JFK to comp- comprise economic and social legislation, as well as housing and minimum wage laws, was called The New Frontier. Oh. Fun and boring political facts, but more fun facts, <laughs> more pop culture facts, um, is that when they're falling down into the big pit of water under the ground, it's supposed to kind of reference the um, the two towers scene at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, two towers when they're falling down, Gandalf's fighting the Balrog, and they're kind of falling through that space like really slowly oh, yeah. into the pit. So that's a fun one. Um, it's a reference also to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when Jake tells Finn, he's like, just let me go, man. Just let it go. And that's like when Indiana's father is telling him to let go of the Holy Grail. When it's about man. to fall down, he's like, just let it go, Indy. Ned, um, you just uh, you just walked right into a new segment that I have. What's it called? <laughs> Pop culture references? <laughs> My new segment is called Sad Boohoo, I'm a Cry. I don't, want, I don't know why, I'm, but I'm going to cry. Just kidding. I know why I'm going to cry. It's because that was sad the segment um that moment when jake says finn let me go finn says please please jake says finn you have to let me go and then mm. finn replies no please just oh it just got me dude it was Joel, it was heart-wrenching you, it was so real you don't even know you just just it make so it through real. the show get to that last hbo special you'll be bawling yeah. your eyes out man you, well, you just, i mean I knew nothing was going to happen, but just the way that that interaction occurred, it it just, it it reminded me of your move day, you know, the way that Mm. I just, I was laying on the ground, just holding your ankle, just like, don't go, (laughs) Ned, come on, don't 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 leave me, please, please, please. And then you were just like, Russell, you got to let me go. Let me go, man. And now we're here. Now we're here. Better than ever. Yep. And I'm not crying. And that's, that's nice. That's a good change. I did not die. I did not have my croak dream yet. You did not die. Thank goodness. And Oof. hopefully we'll be back at the end of this commercial break. And yes, uh, we got we got to take a breather no before dreams. we get into some uh, deep talks about our own mortality. Okay, let's do that. Oh yeah! This astronaut exercise tape is the best. Yeah, baby, you got to get you one. Move it, moving it. Just pick up the phone and dial 1-800-BANANA-MAN-FITNESS-PLAN. That's 1-800-BANANA-MAN-FITNESS-PLAN to take control of your own destiny. There's a move. Welcome back from our ad break, Banana Man Fitness Plan. Got to get on that. I'm going to do, get you on know, that. forget this 75 hard whatever. <laughs> yeah. That Banana Man, he's got he's got that plan, dude. He's got the right idea. It's, it's yeah, some somewhere mixed... It, getting ready for zero gravity calisthenics or something like that. Cause he's flipping around doing, doing <laughs> the splits. He's being so goofy, man. And, yeah. and that's why he's my lovely. Give me some sugar, banana man. Ah, uh, give me that sugar. Cause he's my lovely too. He had to yes. be in this episode. He's so good, dude. He is such a good little character that they introduced. I know I was, I, I was like bummed out because I love the to build a truck episode and I didn't realize that like almost the only line that Banana Man gets in this episode is I just wanted to borrow some sugar. <laughs> like, yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, that was so funny when when Finn looks out the window and just goes you know the and then runs inside and he freaks out, you know, and he, <laughs> he hides with Jake. Just honks Jake behind the cooler. But I just I love the fart noise with his mouth at the banana man. Like yeah. you know, that's the only way he acknowledges him. It's just like, oh, oh crap, yeah. The banana oh, man. And then what else is banana? He said there's there's not enough boom there's not enough boom boom sticks in the boom boom stick holes <laughs> yeah. for the rocket. Yeah. I can't just, remember. Yeah. I have that but written down somewhere. There, there's all this science to him building this epic spaceship, and it's just a bunch of like dynamite filling the bottom. Yeah, of it, it does have enough to boom ignite boom the rocket. That's so funny. Um, I'm so glad when Finn tried to assault him with the uh, crossbow <laughs> yeah. that he missed. That was that was good. I, I would have been really upset because Banana to lose Man was deep in his calisthenics. 
Yeah. How funny would it be, though, if they introduced, like, an amazing character like that, and then almost immediately Finn just, like, takes him out. Like, he just dies. I, yeah. I'm glad it didn't happen, but it would have been really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, man, great <laughs> character. There's a, the whole fandom loves him, and he's dead. Yeah, uh, this would be a bad episode for someone to actually die because they're over there talking about, like, mortality and death, and then it would be like, oh kill someone else like let's yeah let's, interesting it is funny too because finn's all worried about jake dying but it's just like yeah let's shoot a warning firing arrow at somebody like yeah it's very funny because i feel like finn is very in touch with death of people that he's close with i mean specifically jake through the whole show like very very specifically jake very specifically like marceline like later on but dude when he's like slicing he, when at least seasons one through three, he's kind of like slicing up villains, not really thinking about death, you know, not really thinking about mortality in that sense, you know. Yeah. Also, I just want to say I'm sorry if you can hear that train through my microphone for whatever reason. This is like the third train tonight, man. No, I haven't. Wow. I haven't heard anything. I think you're pretty good. All right. Well, just in case. Yeah, it is. It is interesting, man. We get so deep in this episode about death and. I, I don't know. So I'm distracted. We we glazed over my tops of the episode, which is Finn creating fire with the friction oh, from his yeah. hands rubbing together. Kind of like a, a science magic, if you will. That was... Yeah. I don't know why that was my tops, but... It was enough. And also, he it's brought one tops. arrow. The fact that he only brought one arrow, <laughs> it, that probably should have been my tops. That was just... Yeah. It's just like a plot device, but it was funny. Yeah, well, if you can imagine, you can grab a crossbow out of your, you know, house. But if you don't grab the the quiver to go with it, you're not going to have but one arrow <laughs> that's already in the crossbow. Exactly, and it, it brings them out to the rocket ship with which they see from their quote dream. It, it brings it like full circle, right? And Jake's just like, I've got to embrace my destiny. And at that point, he's fully accepted his fate. Like he's fully accepted the fact that this is the day that he dies. This is. When he goes down, it's happening, and he's okay with it. He's accepted the fact that, that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and Finn refuses to let that happen. He doesn't want it to happen. But I notice when they're getting into, when like Jake jumps down and fights Finn, uh, I think because Finn had lit the fuse, or maybe, yeah, he lit the fuse. Jake comes down, fights him, and then jumps back up into the ship. And it's like, come on, Banana Man. The snail's there. The snail's there waving. And it brought me to a theoretically speaking. Theoretically speaking. Theoretically speaking. Theoretically speaking. <laughs> theoretically. I'm about to theoretically speak, y'all. Um, yeah, it brought me to my theoretically speaking. And essentially, it's that the snail, as far as we know to this point, he's still the vessel of the lich. Mm-hmm. And so my feeling is that maybe the snail is controlling or tempting Jake through some sort of a mind mm. control. We don't have Princess Bubblegum's gems or earrings or whatever on right now. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps it's less powerful because he's not his lich self. He's in a very small vessel. And so therefore his ability to control or use all of his magic is hindered a little bit. But maybe he's causing Jake to be tempted to go to this ship for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And and really actually, I'm I'm kind of thinking about where I've seen the snail this season so far. It was in uh the thank you episode, last week's episode, the snail sitting on a tree right before the firewolves attack the snow golem for the first time. Indeed. He was in the only other time I've really uh uh definitively pointed out the snail was in um the haunted mansion episode. I can't ah, draw an episode name blanks. Um the, the dinner party haunted mansion spooky season episode the snails on the stairs right before they start um bemo starts taking the pictures to figure out who's the ghost so that kind of plays into like right when the snail shows up I think chaotic things start happening you know yeah so it's a good that is it's a definitely good theoretically speaking we told all the travelers that we were going to pay attention to <laughs> Where is this nail and all that stuff? It just, man, you know, there's just uh, yeah, so much we, going on with these episodes. We got to so talk much about deep snail stuff to talk episode. about. Yeah, we can't, we can't do a snail segment because they'll be like, we saw it, and be like, every viewer is going to be like, yeah, we did too. Like, but yeah, we, you, I don't know. It. Let's just let's Google make it. that tie again. Same with how we are, or maybe our tie-ins with Jake mistakes 
in his stretchy powers, how we have that theoretically speaking about like the amount of calories Jake that's consumed is <laughs> the extent of which he can stretch, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I like that. I like the snail is still the vessel. So like chaotic, very minute evil. Yeah. Maybe or so. Death or stuff kind of is, is in the presence of the snail. At least for a theory. And then even getting deeper into not with the snail, but just the different religious and, and things that occur there's so many like philosophical random things that occur. And one for me was the self-fulfilling prophecy that is Finn saying, track down the banana man and crung up his schemes. He is creating, like he's leading to the fate that is potentially mm -hmm. Jake's death. He's leading Jake to his death, thinking he's going to prevent it. It's just a classic, like I said, self-fulfilling prophecy of like, I don't want this thing to happen, so I'm going to do something that unfortunately is going to lead to that thing actually occurring. It's going to lead to that thing actually happening. And I, 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 like I said, this episode just has so many little things that it makes it so much fun, so much fun to watch for me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, um, uh, introduction to the fact that there is like this wider adventure time, religious universe. Um, yeah. and that's like the, Oh my, what was it? I think it was all the way back in season one, episode two, when, LSP is like, oh my glob guys. And we just kind of thought, you know, starting the show off, you think it's kind of funny and you, they go off in, what was it? The creepy deer, deer hands, creepy man episode. Um, even as <laughs> yeah. like, are they all at church worshiping glob? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's building that, but man, I, I do, I'm spending a moment just talking about like referencing Jake's, uh, openness and view on mortality. I, I have a problem with both Finn and Jake's reaction to death in this episode. Okay, even um, Jake, Jake being pumped and dancing when he thinks he's in his quote dream at the end. Yeah, <laughs> you have a yeah, problem with that? I, yeah, I do, I do. I mean, so I think this is going to get to my deep thought that leads to my deep lesson um, at the end. But there has to be some sort of healthy balance between the two because in the real world, there comes a point in everybody's life where you do have that whole like I'm going to die you have that realization real moment of your own mortality, right? Now, with that being said, um, yeah, if you saw, most people, if they saw like, I'm going to die on a train track, you know, and then and then my life's going to be over, like most people would then avoid train tracks, right? Yeah. Um, and if you knew exactly what was going to, like, and so the fact that Jake so willingly goes into his croak dream is yeah. odd, you know, cause he, it's just very suicidal. It's kind of like, even if you, you know, you're going to die, why would you rush the process? You know, why well, would it you? It just seems like he, he just believes that our lives are planned out and his plan was, or the plan for him. He doesn't think that he has a choice. He doesn't think that there's any choice in the matter at all. He just accepts it. He's just like, this is my fate. This is what, this is how I go. And I have to yeah, but accept I, I think that. It's, it's unhealthy in the sense that like, yeah, I mean, it's healthy in the oh, fact sure. that he, yeah. the way he analyzes it, you know, but the fact that he's like fighting Finn to get on the rocket to go die, like he has well, every yeah, choice Finn's, to not. Finn's the total opposite, right? Finn thinks that we have a choice, but he's terrified. It's so interesting mm -hmm. that like his mind is so afraid. And whenever someone mentions the opposite that we don't have a choice, it's like, kind of exactly. he's just like well, knocking on wood you know he's like no you have a choice and then knock on wood please i hope that we have a choice it's such an interesting concept well, of like what is I, destiny do we have a choice i still had a qualm with the way the finn handled it as well so and the way the finn handles it handles it with straight fear and let's try to control our fates and sends him into like a panicked tizzy um you know my tops of the episode i'm 13 you're messing me up like he has yeah. this innate fear. Well, and Finn's a lot younger. Finn's a lot less mature than Jake at this point. So him dealing with this like morality issue, um, he has the fear and the panic and pretty much his panic also leads them closer to Banana Man and closer. So both of their reactions are different sides of the same extreme. And I think that the healthiest way to deal with that is somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle of like, don't panic, don't freak out, don't cry, don't be all sad about it. Um, Without a doubt. However, 
you, I mean, in theory, once you realize that, that you will have some sort of destined end to enjoy the time you have left, not rush the time you have left yeah. and not be so excited to be like, yeah, like I'm going to die and it's going to be, I'm going to be at peace with the universe, you know, and then be like, I just want to rush that. I just want to get to that point. Like you have a lot to live for and you have, you know, these things to experience and, and Finn, Finn and Jake, like Finn wants to do the rest of his adventuring with Jake. And that's what Jake missed is that the fact that like, yeah, he had a croak dream. It didn't say when it just said it involved a banana man and a rocket, but that he didn't have to get on the rocket either, you know? Yeah. So yeah, he kind of left out in a sense. Middle, maybe, you know? maybe it is good that, that Finn is there. I literally had that written down in my notes as well. Perhaps there is a healthy medium. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like there's got to be something between Finn and Jake and the way that they process death and the way that you handle it in your own life. I, it's so interesting to think about like from our own spiritual point of view, like how do you feel about destiny and do we have a choice? And, you know, like, is there a predestination of like where your life is heading or do you have free will and free choice? I've got some deep thoughts on that that do stem from a C.S. Lewis book um, called The Great yeah. Divorce. Yeah, um, and of course, for just so anyone knows, any travelers listening, like we probably are both approaching this from a Christian point of view as mm -hmm. that is our, our background and what we believe personally. And, and we won't get too deep into Christianity, but just the idea of that has shaped our view of destiny and, and what we believe is like, do we have choice or not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and the thing about kind of predestination and destiny and my life's already laid out in front of me, it, it's uh, this is obviously a part of every religion and every kind of like thought, you know, theory of whatever you, spirituality even. But the the best way I've ever heard it visualized to where it's like an understanding that the two can coexist as well. So there's a there's just a the end of the book gets really um, trippy when the the main character is kind of getting closer to heaven, um, and there's a the vision he sees is kind of like a chessboard where all of the pieces can't move off the board. However, all the pieces are moving independently of themselves and of their own free will. And that's kind of how I see it, is that we have like kind of a destiny in, in this, the, like God has knows what's going to happen in your life, has the knowledge of what's going to happen in your life. However, you operate within that free will and like your, your free will is your free will but God sits outside of time and space. So he can see the beginning of time to the end of time and lets you move with your free will within that. But he know, that means he also knows it because he's sitting at it, looking at it as if it was a, a timeline yeah. laid out in front of him. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's super fascinating. I mean, that honestly does a really good job of explaining kind of what I was going to mumble and ramble through essentially was the idea that Yes, there is free will, but at the same time, in my mind, from my perspective, it does feel like, oh, that was, and as we talked about last week, that's not my story. You know, like my story is being built. My story is this, it's that. I can control so much of it. I can do so much of it. There's so many things out of my control and those things out of my control are the things that are kind of the parameters that is our life that is, in my mind, the path toward um like destiny, you know? Yeah. And that's what, I mean, I think you can have free will and there still be a lot of divine intervention with that as well. Yeah. And divine intervention does not mean that you are inherently being controlled, but they're like, it's, that's the, you can't move off your chessboard, but you can move independently within your chessboard because yeah. the higher powers looking out for you going, Hey, I, you know, these are the plans I have for you. And if you move too free willingly, like out of your own accord, you might fall off, you know, but yeah. I'm going to put my best divine intervention in there for you to, to operate within free will. And I don't know, a lot of, you could get really deep. I don't want to go too much on a philosophical tangent um, and say, Hey, that's like still being in a prison or whatever, but um, <laughs> it's a metaphor. So, so there's, yeah. there's well, bounds to every metaphor, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, metaphors are imperfect, but I would love to hear the thoughts of the travelers. If you have a different viewpoint from us on destiny, let us know, send us an email mm -hmm. at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. And I think that'd be a really fascinating 
conversation to bring back up at some point later in uh, the season or next season whenever we get some emails in about it. I mean, destiny is such a fascinating topic and there's so many different ways to come at it. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd love to hear other perspectives. So let us know, hit us up. Um, But one thing I did learn from this episode, Ned, is that I am so glad that I have not had a croat dream. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so glad we don't actually Isn't have it, that. I'm um, so glad that's not real. Oh, man. Like, what's what's the... Uh, there's a movie. There's actually lots of movies, again. But the... the Like, every scary movie ever about teenagers or whatever. Yeah, but... Oh, well, there, yeah, there was a really bad horror movie that was like, yeah, if you call this or download this app, it'll give you the exact, like, countdown of your death oh, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it was, also um, the one where they escaped death. They were supposed to die and they escaped death. Oh, the final destination. Final yeah. destination. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those movies, <laughs> they're classic, but they suck. They're, they're, they're really great classic horror movies, but I've not seen a single one of them because nah, I'm they're, too afraid to. The first one's <laughs> great, but it, it doesn't stand the test of like how well horror movies are made now, but it really holds up against like the, the scream and the kind of those like nineties, uh, I know what you did last summer movies. It kind of stands okay. within that. Within well, that. it's spooky season, man. We're in it. It's Maybe I need season. to watch some spooky movies like that. I mean, if you've got, I know you already did a wreck, but if you've got a wreck for a spooky movie, I should watch. I think I'm going to do the second Quiet Place because we did watch the Quiet Place one last year. I had to recover oh, yeah. for an entire year before oh, watching on. another you scary got, movie. It's good. But I want to watch the second one. Yeah, it's it's really good, man. I think you're you'll like it a lot for sure. Okay. Um, oh, we just well, watched a really great one. Um, and what was it? Um, I'm, give, give me a minute. I'll do. I'll have it by the end of the episode. But I, I'm drawing okay. a blank. I've watched too many horror movies with my wife, so <laughs> it's like they all start. I'm like, is it the Lake House one, or is it yeah. the one? <laughs> There's a lot of them. Well, just talking a little bit more on this episode, I just I was so shocked when the giant cavern occurred. When the rocket ship took off slightly, came back down, and then the the earth shattered beneath it, mm-hmm. and they they fell into that cave. Like, yeah, what was I, I was like, about where that? is this going? Like, what is happening? You know, like I was, oh, was yeah, so shocking. Like in, in the moment, you're like, why does this sinkhole? Yeah, opening? Why, well, it leads. To why the, is this happening? It does. I'm, There's a I'm great glad that we're. Yeah, well, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that we're. Um, not just the purpose of the episode, but that we're breaking down these episodes because now I'm catching little things because in Butopia. Um, when we were going through that episode, remember I mentioned, I was like, I've never realized that, like how big this underworld oh, yeah, the, cavern oh, man. stuff was. And I was like, and I saw that happen and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a reference to exactly what we said in Butopia is that there is a larger totally. under earth than we even know. And it was huge. And it's and it right ma- below the surface. Dang, yeah. Ned, that is awesome. That's what I'm saying is like, I'll, the more we can break down that cave. Episodes, That's a new cave, man. That's a new... Yeah, like and you saw that there was humans with the Y O O. You know, did you see the? Um, there was something buried in that cave too. It looked like I don't know if it was just the rocket ship, but as they were oh. falling and just fell in the water, there what looked like what looked like a piece of like futuristic technology buried. I'll have to in go the back dirt and check there. it out. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah, but I, all, all so I'm saying is there's probably some been invented yet. There's probably some kick-ass old school, old world technology before the Mushroom Wars that's all buried in those underground caverns. Oh, yeah. I, I would bet that the rocket ship is just like only the the beginning. I mean, I, we already have that. There's got to be something so much more than that, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Do we ever find out about futuristic technology through the past of Ooh? Yes, we do. Um, in the Islands miniseries, uh, they're... How do I do this without spoiling it? I'm, I've done that so much the last two weeks. It's like, Jeez, how do I talk man. about this without yeah. spoiling it? In the Islands miniseries, when, uh, yeah, we essentially can see how far technology had advanced um, prior to the Mushroom Wars. Okay. That's all cool. I'll say about that. That's man, right. these miniseries are so hyped up. These miniseries, like, I, they better be good. That's all I'm saying. I better love these things because the fandom's yeah, the, gonna hate the, me if, we, if I, think I don't. Stakes, <laughs> stakes was better than Islands for all my fans out there. Stakes is better than Islands, um, but the the overall impact of the Islands storyline is way better than Stakes. But episode wow. by episode, Stakes is better. Okay, but, are those the main two? Are there other ones? 
Yeah, uh, there is Elemental, um, which is still a pretty big deal one. Um, the, again, repercussions of it are not as big as Islands, but still, I, it's still, they're all, they're all great. They're all like eight episodes. So imagine you've got three mini movies within the Adventure Time show. If you would just watch all of those straight through, it's pretty much the length of a movie. Oh, wow. That's really um, cool. Were they released as normal episodes or were they released like as a separate? If, do, you, do you recall? We're getting too deep. We're not even there Yeah, yet. I don't recall what, because I think, no, I, I, I really, really got into the show kind of as Stakes was being released. Um, and okay. I, th- I think it was episode by episode. Yeah, cool. Well, that's awesome. I can't wait to get there. I mean, I love the canonical, like we're going this matters for the next episode type stuff. And yeah, yeah, it's we're it's, seeing it's more things to hear that tie important together. stuff later. Yeah, when yeah. well, I'm, I'm glad that the fun part is we get to sit there and, and break things down, and already we're seeing things in season three that we've theoretically thought about or talked about. Gosh, the owl, man, the cosmic owl. Well, Where has he dude, been? It was, gosh, that would have that been seasons? winter. What a payoff. Winter of 2021 is when we were talking about the Cosmic Owl for the first time. And I think I remember telling you, I was just like, just wait, Russell. Got it's more so Cosmic long, Owl man. coming. We need more. He, he was just barely in this episode. He's so cool. Oh, we get more Cosmic Owl. We get more board games and Prismos, Prismos Pickles. Okay. And hot, and hot tub time rooms. That's all I'll say. Well, Ned, I've got a wreck for you. And Give me your wreck, baby. It's not anime. I promised you I wouldn't bring anime <laughs> this promised. week. <laughs> um, my wreck my this week is Outcast. I, right. I don't think I've ever used this, but I, I, I hope I haven't. Outcast is amazing. There's so much more than Hey Yeah or mm-hmm. Roses or Miss Jackson. Like you could literally dive into the first like three albums and. It would take you so long, or it does take you so long to like listen to and then actively listen to and really digest what you're listening to. It's so good. Out, Outcast is phenomenal. I mean, I love him being a, an Atlanta boy, you know, but mm-hmm. Outcast is great. And that's my rec. Go check him out. I know. Like, I got deeper. I haven't, deeper. I haven't taken um, a day of listening into the deep track stuff. So I was like, that's been on my list of, and especially now moving down to Atlanta, I got to go. Into yeah, the dude. AT Alien, AT Aliens, uh, Aquimini. Those are some great mm-hmm. ones. Speaker Box is good. I mean, there's, you know, they're phenomenal. Just check them out. Oh yeah, easy, easy to do for sure. But do you have any uh, finishing thoughts and or lessons for oh, us? Lesson. This week? Well, yeah, my it's what I learned is I'm glad I don't have a quote dream or, or we don't <laughs> yeah. have quote dreams. And whenever like friends that do. Um, I don't even know how what they call it, like the cards, tarot cards and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get the readings because there's a part of me, despite like my beliefs or whatever, that's like, I, d- I don't want someone saying, oh, this is what's going to happen or like, oh no, I see death and this is, you know, stay away from what it, like, I don't know if that's what it is. And I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone who knows so much more about that than I do. Um, it's just not something I've dove deep into because like Finn, I'm resistant to it. It's like, it's not what I believe. And yet I'm resistant to diving deeper into that subject because it's kind of in that creepy world. Right. Yeah, so I'm yeah. glad that I don't know how I'm going to die. Um, and I, I hope it's not for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then, yeah, my lesson fits within that as well. Uh, just in the, in a, in a different way, just saying like mortality is always hard to deal with and cope with. And my suggestion lesson, not preachy, but is to live every day as if your croak dream was tomorrow. And also in, in the way this pertains to adventure time is find that person where each moment, each day you live is, is enjoyed with that person and and enjoying your surroundings and the people you're with, because in essence, none of us are given an, another day. None of us are promised a, another day moving forward. And that shouldn't be depressing. I don't want that to be depressing to anybody. And and I don't view it as depressing. I just view it of the moment that I'm living in right now is awesome. Um, and I soak yeah. it up. And 
yeah, I want things to be better and I want to, you know, buy a swanky pair of shoes tomorrow. But yeah, um, yeah enjoy the moment. Look to yeah. or look forward to the future and, you know, hang in there if you're going through a rough spot right now because uh, it'll it'll get better eventually. Yeah, exactly, man. And and enjoy that day and, and always be like surround yourself with people that you're saying, if my croak dream was tomorrow, um, I would want to run away as fast as possible. But if I couldn't avoid it, then I, I made a great journey on the way there, you know? All right. I'm moving back down to Atlanta. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, well, thank you all so much. I mean, this is a rad episode. Go check it out. If you haven't watched this one in a little bit again, that's season three, episode 18, the new frontier that we listened to and, and watched this episode that you just listened to. And that we watched this episode this week. Gosh, I'm tired. Yeah. We just did a double yeah. recording. <laughs> I, I can't speak anymore. It's, yeah, Ned, it's you, You've seen you me fading a little bit too, man. No, that's, yeah, that's we're, it we're, for me, man. Hey, I Russell, gotta get dinner. I'm 13. You messed me You're up. You're 13. I'm sorry. I don't want to mess you up. Instagram, <laughs> check us out. Never Ending Adventure Podcast. TikTok at Never Ending Adventure Cast. Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, opinions, how you feel about destiny. Uh, anything we talked about this episode, you know, just label it. Let us know what you're talking about in your subject. And then go into it at NEA underscore travelers log at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, again, you can always review us for stickers. If you review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you can review us, just let us know you did and we'll shoot you a podcast sticker for free. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Next Tuesday, we'll have another one for you. Uh, have a great week, everybody, and party you know, forever. We got, we got a special episode coming up we'll do two episodes in one as a part one part two christmas special that we'll be releasing in october russell can't talk anymore he's he's just spitting nothing out there i don't know i don't know what it is love that you guys